the New Zealand Tech Podcast. Brought to you by Gorilla Technology. Proactive and strategic IT. Greetings and welcome along to the New Zealand Tech Podcast. We're at episode 464. And today, very pleased to welcome to the studio, or back to the studio, should I say, Paddy Buckley from Stuff. Good to see you again, mate. Thanks, Paul. Great to see you. It's been uh, it's been a little while since we've had you on the yep, show. I, yep. I couldn't count the weeks, but feels like it's a yearish, eighteen months, maybe. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, but yeah. we've had you on the show many times before. You're always great to chat to. So I'm looking forward to uh, discussing what's happening in the world of tech and media and and so on this week. But before we start, maybe you can f- remind listeners where you do fit into this sort of world of of media and technology and video and so on. Sure. So yeah, video, video on demand, I guess specifically is where I uh, where I fit into things. So uh, we initially got to know each other, and you got me on here when I was involved with QuickFix, which was the first SVOD service into New Zealand. SVOD, what's uh, that? SVOD subscription video on demand. You know, uh, like Netflix yes, and things. Yes, yeah, yes. Yeah. So uh, so we were the we were the first guys, and uh, yeah, it was it was hard yards. I think. Um, well, I know, but uh, it was you know learned a lot along the way and. Uh, Moved on since then. We've done some, or I've done some TVOD, transactional video on demand. So that's like pay-per-view, movie rentals, that kind of thing. Uh, and at the moment, I'm I'm at Stuff. I am head of video products and strategy at Stuff. Uh, so all things video related going on at Stuff. In particular, we've launched a, a new a new VOD service called Play, uh, Play Stuff, uh, which is only a couple of months old, and um, that's that's really, really fun. It's going well. Uh, and kind of a video companion to stuff.co.nz on the one hand, but also, so that's, I guess, news, current affairs videos and so on, but, but also going beyond that, um, a lot of local videos, uh, web series, Kiwi music videos, all sorts of things going on on there, food recipes, car motoring videos I mean really all sorts uh, and I, I think the, kind of the idea behind it was to say well actually you know we've got a we've got a sort of a user generated sort of global in YouTube and then we've got long form premium uh, with TVNZ on demand with three now and so on and then possibly somewhere in the middle there's there's room there for uh, something that has a local focus but that has it brings together a you know a whole different variety of content partners and so on to come together and you you know, probably in that sort of medium form space as well. A few, few minutes long, that kind of thing. Right. So we'll see how it develops. But yeah. um, it's going really well so far. It's really interesting. A lot, yeah. of, lot of video streams. So it's good. Good. Yeah. Good. All right. Well, we'll look forward to hearing uh, you know, a little bit more of your take on what's going on in the in the media world later on in the episode. And, yeah, of course, we've got uh, Apple TV Plus about to launch, Disney Plus. Disney Plus launching, uh, MediaWorks and and TV3 are in you know something of a of a state of flux. Uh, TVNZ you know, recently announced their uh, seventeen million dollar uh, loss that 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 they made, and you know of course have the government to, to stand behind them. Uh, Netflix are doing some interesting things too, so uh, definitely plenty to talk about there on the on the media front. But there's also a lot of other. Uh, things going on in the in the world of uh, technology this week, so let's uh, let's let's run through some of those things before we uh, we we dive into uh, the media side. Now, uh, one big bit of news popped up over the weekend, which I th- you know I think people have been uh, expecting a particular result on, and this is the big uh, Pentagon uh, contract for cloud services and. 
this has been it's been going on for quite some time but it's a US 10 billion dollar uh, deal and it, it had I think you know broadly been expected that uh, Amazon or Amazon web services would uh, would land this being the biggest uh, biggest cloud uh, player out there but Microsoft have, uh, have ended up uh, picking that up and you know, the others that were, were competing uh, for that have, along the way have sort of fallen by the wayside. Uh, but this has certainly attra- seemed to attract uh, yeah, a fair bit of uh, attention and discussion in the uh, in the I guess the the enterprise tech world over the last uh, last couple of days, and uh, the the bit that I, I guess was was really going through my mind is that we're we're in this world now where I guess the. the the people that work in the, the likes of Microsoft and Google and uh, Apple and Amazon and so on are kind of feeling a little bit more like that their companies are a democracy in a way, that they can protest if they don't like what their company is doing. And because this, uh, this is a, a, a contract for uh, Pentagon, US government, it's you know, defence-related, uh that seems to stir up, I think, a little bit of angst in, in people. And it's it's created this scenario where, and I think actually Google pulled out in part because of that and probably in part because they weren't likely to be a front runner um, anyway would be would be my guess. Um, but they've sort of, you know, they, they, they pulled out um, some at Microsoft, you know, definitely saying, well, we, you know, we shouldn't, we shouldn't get involved in, uh, uh, in, in this sort of thing. Uh, and then, yeah, you, you've got the company themselves who are looking at a $10, you know, $10 billion contract and also have that challenge of, well, if they start saying sort of yes and, yes and no to I mean, this is this is uh, yeah, the U.S. government. They're a U.S. company, and to then sort of pick and choose what what stuff that they might allow the U.S. government to do as a business, as as or you know, as as an entity, um, this is pretty pretty challenging, don't you think? I really, I do. I completely agree. Hearing you say the word defense always makes me not laugh in this context, but the yeah. word defense is a great misnomer, <laughs> isn't it? <laughs> it's really not defense, it's more attack. But but um, look, I think, I mean, some of the media focused on, on the personal relationship between Trump and um, Jeff Bezos, obviously. Mm-hmm. And, mm-hmm. you know, I, I mean, you'd hope that things aren't as simplistic as that. Um, when it comes to the sort of decision making around the de- defence capabilities of the, you know, the free world, as it were, but uh, <laughs> you know, you just don't know. I mean, I th- think the things that you read, it's, I mean, anything's possible. But equally, having said that, um, it's hardly a sort of a David and Goliath scenario, you know, where Microsoft uh, pips Amazon to the post. I mean, uh, it, it's not. It's not a sort of a complete surprise. But uh, but you're right. I mean, AWS would be the the leader in this area, no doubt at all. So. Uh, interesting, but you know they also have the sort, of, sort of, you know, the Washington Post is a sister organisation, mm. and uh, the Washington Post beats up Trump on a daily basis. So right. uh, yeah. who knows what the answer is or what the 
yeah, the roots of the decision. I, I don't. Yeah, yeah. And I mean, I think it would be fair to say if you uh, if you asked a lot of people within uh, Microsoft uh, whether they were Trump fans, and uh, if you looked at the tweets of a lot of Microsofties, uh, you know, I, I, you know, I think you'd probably find a, a you know somewhat parallel, but you know, maybe without the. Um, the Washington uh, Post the, laid the, in. the sway of the uh, Washington Post to yeah. uh, uh, to put the boot in. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, no, I, I just yeah, I thought it was, it is interesting as we we get these the sort of you know activist type um, you know activity happening within these big uh, vendors. Yeah, what would. What would that you know? Yeah, how how can you how can you really get that stuff right as far as sort of drawing the lines and saying yes and no to to different things? I think that that becomes uh, you know very challenging. And and within the organisation, you'll have um, you know I guess polarised feelings in terms yep. of you know some people are going to be on one side, some people are going to be uh, on a, on an, on another. But you know I, th- I think if if uh, you know those big businesses start saying yes and no to to what the country can do rather than it really being in the hands of voters to select mm-hmm. the politicians that make those those decisions I, I think that could be a, um, a a bit of a mess but we have seen, we've seen an element of of that in uh, you know in recent years and um, yeah I can I could sort of see see both sides of it but um, I, I guess I, I w- I'd be worried if we go too far too far down that track. Yeah, you know, I think these things generally need need to be left to a to a, a democratic process. And you know, if you've got a government that's doing you know dodge, dodgy things, as you know we saw around, say the likes of Guantanamo Bay and so on, then then that that needs to be up to voters to uh, uh, to turn things around or for. You know the laws to change, which I guess you know ultimately comes back to uh, to, to voters as mm-hmm. well. Mm-hmm. So yeah, um, so yes, that that's my feeling anyway. Is the uh, the the democratic process should should rule out? Now I guess it's different in different parts of the world. If you know we're talking about say China, then yep. hey, that's that's a whole uh, different kettle of fish, and and you know and a, and a bunch of other uh, areas where uh, you know dem- democracy. Uh, doesn't exist certainly not in the, in the same way that it, um, that it that it does in countries like New Zealand. It does get, it does give you or give me some sort of food for thought or, or take a moment to consider sort of what, you know what what companies are, are there for mm. you know and mm. what and you know the US government as an example needs a uh, it'll need a, a large number of you know big big enterprises to support it and offer it the services it's uh, you know it needs to function. Um, I, I think just as a matter of fact, regardless of what your affiliation is or anything else, you, you know, it does get quite hard when you know some these organisations start start sort of jumping up and down and protesting about what they will and won't do. If you signed a contract and you're you know to deliver X and Y services and so on, then you know that should that should be it. But if if not, well then you know okay then you can I don't know what you do do you sort of just quietly object in a corner I, I don't really know it's a hard it's one quite, isn't it yeah. and you know especially some of the 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 actions on um, you know those crossing the border illegally and and you know families being separated up and and you know potentially um, you know and this is not an area that I've, I've studied in, in depth but um, you know the tri- the lives of, of, of children being um, you know, very much in, in, endangered with um, you know with some of the the action that's uh, that, that's gone on there from, I guess you know the um, 
the Trump government, and you know you could see why that sort of stuff would rile people up, mm-hmm. and they would they would be you know wanting to uh, wanting to, to push push back. But uh, you know, consequently, when other governments uh, when it when it's not you know Trump let, let let's say it had gone the other way, and it was a, a Clinton government, yeah, um, there would be people probably on the other side of the sphere sort of pushing pushing back at um, you know maybe the, uh, I agree. Hillary Clinton, yep. you know, could, I mean, I don't know, hypothetically. No, I think you're right. So. And I mean, I look, I think some of it is also a sign of the increasingly polarised times that, that, that we unfortunately live in. Mm. It's one mm. thing I feel mm. like, you know, I've been, a, I've been in New Zealand for 10 years now and uh, there's nothing like that level of polarisation, certainly when I look at what's going on in England as well. I mean, mm. it's just, mm. you know, I look on in dismay. But anyway, well, I don't think, I think we're straying away from <laughs> technology. What's, what's our next light theme to, to cover, Paul? Uh, well, maybe we can talk a little bit about um, SpaceX and their, uh, their, their broadband uh, service, which is, is on its way. So Elon Musk sent a tweet last, uh, in the last few days, and he said it had gone via space. And of course, SpaceX have been putting these um, uh, satellites up with the idea low Earth orbit um, satellites, and they're they're obviously now at a point where they can do at least a little bit of uh, testing, which is is encouraging. Uh, but what's on on the way? And Elon Musk is sort of suggesting this could be. As soon as uh, I think mid twenty twenty, at least for for the US, there will be some um, some sort of internet service. They're calling it Starlink, and it requires a lot of these uh, small satellites to be put up in space. Uh, so far, they've done uh, one. Uh, SpaceX have done one launch, which has put uh, six. Uh, they put up sixty broadband uh, satellites, of which I think maybe three of them have have, um, have failed. But as their first batch, it seems to have gone uh, seems to have gone pretty well. Uh, they are going to have to do in the in the thousands to really make uh, this thing work and and cover the cover the globe. But uh, and are they aside from the global? nature of it mm. which is interesting for sure but what about what on the on the performance side or uh, I mean what what are they saying might be points of difference uh, well what's exciting about this type of connectivity uh, is that Well, yeah. The, what what we're seeing in terms of these low low Earth orbit uh, satellites is that they're not so f- they're not so far away. So the you know the latencies maybe not as uh, as as bad as what we've sort of traditionally seen, and that seems to be the general move in terms of satellites going up. Uh, that they're a, they're a little bit um, they're a little bit cl- closer, and yeah, therefore. We don't have the you know the, the the poor latency which has made satellite not you know not so good in the mm. past. Put it that way. Yeah. But is this yeah. something that I would no longer get fibre internet in my house, and I'm going to end up 
getting my broadband through uh, space? I, th- I think the the uh, probably the initial target customer would be those who are outside of you know, fiber coverage and so yeah, a bit some, more, some, uh, some of the other options. A bit more analogous with the sort of wireless. Uh, yeah, wireless, wireless broadband yep, type. Yep. Yeah, yeah. Um, so yeah, I mean, we 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 will see once it actually ar- arrives as to exactly you know, how mm. how it uh, how it how it fits. And will they be competing um, with Google's balloons? Well, I'm not sure that Google the Google Loon is is going to be something that gets uh, widespread adoption. So, uh, I mean, that's that's something where I think there are some some use cases cases mm-hmm. for for Google Loon. Um, I think it was Puerto Rico where they had um, you know the disaster situation and they put some up there to provide some uh, yeah. cell you know cell type coverage yeah. and and get networks uh, back up and running so yeah there are certainly you know some some use cases there that are uh, that are relevant but you know probably not a fit for um, every every scenario mm-hmm. yeah yeah so yeah this it's going to be an interesting one to um, one to watch I'm just trying to look up the Actually, how how far up that they were t- talking of of putting um, um, putting these these are uh, a bunch of different information here, but yeah, it certainly looks like they need to, they need to put a lot of them into space for them to work, and they're talking about it potentially being a decade long um, project from design through to uh, deployment and 10 billion uh, 10 billion dollars so um, quite a quite a big deal and of course there's a bunch of other companies that are uh, you know that are looking to compete Facebook's um, you know one who's who wants to get involved in uh, in getting ubiquitous internet access out there uh, but look, I think the more the merrier, the more options that we've, sure. we've got, uh, the more competitive prices are, the, mm-hmm. the, the harder everybody works to deliver, um, you know, good good results. Yeah, and yeah, I think somebody suggested to me, well, maybe this would be they'd be perfect for uh, uh, for the, all the Teslas driving around there that have <laughs> SIM cards in them and so on that they can yeah. now be able to get uh, get their connectivity uh, via space. So yeah. Yeah, maybe uh, maybe Elon has uh, has a customer already there that uh, that he can sign up in terms of uh, you know one of his own uh, organisations. Yeah, and uh, look, there are. It's sometimes e- easy to easy to forget when we live in a you know well connected area in a you know in a decent sized city. But there are you know huge parts of the of the globe that that don't have the benefit of really anything at all. And uh, you know there are many use cases you can think of where you know something like this would be would be great yeah yeah and you know in fact there was some um, I, I saw an article from uh, Rob O'Neill who was in the studio uh, in, the, in the last um, couple of weeks and uh, on on the show and he was saying how uh, New Zealand sort of sitting uh, just just behind Japan now mm. um, in terms of fibre adoption and just how the adoption of uh, fibre, the ultra-fast broadband network here, um, has really has really increased. 
and 44% uh, of consumers now are primarily accessing the internet, uh, you know, in their, in their home environments um, using fibre. So we've just, we've got this really impressive uh, uptake curve where, yep. where everybody's jumping on board. It's, it's cost effective to do so and they're able to get um, some some you know incredible speeds depending on you know what sort of plans that they they sign up for but you know we certainly have a a great story from that perspective but you know I think if more satellite options uh, come on stream and of course there, there there are some of those other options that will become available to New Zealand uh, in the in the months ahead we've had Pacific uh, on the show previously uh, and they have SpaceX launching a satellite to cover uh, New Zealand so mm. um, yeah I think I think that with the option from SpaceX they are going to have to compete hard to win customers because there are already other satellites you know, offering good good yeah. service yeah. in lots of markets and that's only going to increase as it gets cheaper to put things up into into space uh, whether it's you know via SpaceX or Rocket Lab or mm-hmm. you know, others that are playing in this space but there's not uh, there's not too many uh, there's not too many players putting putting things up there uh, right now, but there are a whole lot of companies queuing up and uh, and certainly trying to do that, and and it's that's only going to bring the prices down further. Yeah, yeah. and I think about it as well. My first thoughts are often of sort of streaming video and things like that. But you think about Spark Sport recently, and and so on, and you know the the the, the fact that. Um, the, Universal coverage for New Zealand is just isn't possible, but you know it's stuff like this that I suppose I imagine would would make it possible. Oh, I I, um, I, I think so. Yeah, and I mean even 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 today, <laughs> if you it'll evolve and develop. Yeah, I mean you 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 jump on an Air New Zealand flight to you know lots lots of places around the world. There's yep. a reasonably good chance that you're going to have access to their Wi-Fi service, and some stuff you can stream. But I mean certainly. If you open up your Netflix app, uh, you can go there and actually pull down a you know entire series and you know big chunks of content, yep. and they'll come down at faster than streaming type speed yeah. to a local you know, copy on your device that you can then sit and, and play back at your at your convenience. Yep. So, uh, yeah, satellite is, is has come a long way. Let's put it yep. that way. From uh, and no doubt um, it'll keep what, imp- we've, what it'll, we've seen in years before. It'll keep improving and. Uh, by the time it's sort of consumer ready, I imagine it'll be pretty, pretty whizzy. Yeah, yeah. Now uh, a few other bits, bits and pieces uh, to to chat through. Um, Google uh, claiming that they've achieved quantum supremacy with their uh, uh, their quantum computer. Uh, this this is interesting because uh, this um, announcement had been, um, um, I guess, yeah, people have been aware of it for a little while, but they made made a, a formal announcement. And what they were saying is that their fifty four qubit Sycamore uh, processor was able to perform a calculation in two hundred seconds that previously would have taken the world's most powerful supercomputer 10,000 years. Now that's kind of you know, mind blowing in in terms of. Uh, I want him to uh, make a joke uh, about uh, it's a quantum leap for something <laughs> that sounds. Sorry, that um. 
Well, well that it, sounds like an enormous. It's, but it, it's is, nuts, it, isn't it? But has I, has IBM have pushed back, and, and they've said, well, you know, a, a classical system could have achieved that in two and a half days, not the not the ten thousand years that uh, Google's Google's claiming. But uh, look, if you're cutting that down to two hundred seconds, so you know, we're, we're talking, um, you know, sub three and a half uh, minutes for something that would normally take two point five days is, is still it's massive. Um, uh, you know, I, th- I, w- I would call that a pretty massive uh, leap. The the ten thousand years, well, that's yeah, that that's sort of mind bending to uh, to be fair. So, yeah, good good anyway to see that we're making some progress on quantum computing. Yep. Of course, it maybe brings some challenges if we if we have computing power that awesome. If it becomes broadly accessible, then what does that do to our current encryption mechanisms and so on? Because then they become um, basically next to well, they beca- they become useless if uh, if the wrong people can get hold of uh, you know some of this quantum Fire computing power. Yeah. power. So mm. uh, let's see. Now, um, in the US, there's been uh, talks about a um, a Senate bill aiming to make user data portable across social networks. Now, the reason that this caught my eye is that you know, here locally, one of the things that um, uh, Centrality, who are the, the blockchain guys um, here, uh, based or headquartered here in Auckland, have, have talked about a lot, is this idea of a future where we all own our own data and we... We decide what gets shared with what service. So you might have, you know, all, all sorts of data about yourself. You could sign into, for instance, a Facebook of the future and say, well, I will allow Facebook, yes, we're going to authenticate through this blockchain system. We're going to give Facebook access to our location, our, I don't know, favorite XYZ type things and so on. Uh, but we're not going to give it access to, I don't know, Whatever it is that that you could get away with not not sharing it, and for it still to yep. it still to work, and then with another service, you might say, well, yeah, actually those likes that I that I um, those things that I liked in Facebook and and across other services, maybe those things get centralised in in one database, and actually I might want to share that also with Twitter or with some other future service, rather than uh, just being everything siloed up with with one. Uh, or another social network, um, you know, LinkedIn and, and and so on. So, yeah, this this idea that uh, yeah the government mandates, um, you know, more more portable, uh, more portability around our our data with social networks seems to seems to cross a little bit with some of this thinking that we've heard uh, from centrality. So I'll be very curious to see whether anything comes of it. I'm mm. not I'm not sure it will. Uh, but uh, I, I do like this idea that we uh, have more control over our, our own our, over our own data, and in such a way that's that's not too difficult for people to actually get their heads around. Which is you know the, the, the potentially these things just become too complex, and yeah, we'll just go with all the default options and yep. you know share everything with everybody or or you know whatever gets um, you know pushed upon them by the the social networks who of course want as much data as possible so that they can monetize. That the more data they've got, the uh, the more monetization they can do, right? Yeah, totally. I agree, and I think oh, that sounds really interesting. My only reservation, I suppose, as, as ever with these things, is you know whether a couple of politicians in the US are uh, able to 
come up with any kind of bill that is sort of meaningful in a, you know, when you actually get get into the weeds on all of these things and you say, well, what does this mean? How do you define the data? Uh, and, you know, thinking about an awful lot of future scenarios that, that you know, it would take, well, I mean, we haven't even thought of. Yeah, you know, I'm yeah. just reminded of the fact that when, uh, you know, just from a personal experience, when I got into video streaming, none of the legislation was, you know, envisaged video streaming. Hmm. Uh, the relevant things about classification or something, it's not the same as this subject, I know, but, but relevant. You go to the 1993 Act about classification and then at best it talks about DVD covers and stuff yeah you know and it has nothing to do with with even now i mean the government's only now beginning to think about classification of video on demand that's and, right and it's yeah. still not doing a sort of all-encompassing uh review so all of that is to say back to the data question and you know I, i'm a bit skeptical mm, uh yeah. that, that anything meaningful but i mean look if you have that attitude then you won't achieve anything so you know don't listen to me, boys. I think. Uh, you know. <laughs> um, oh well, we, we, you know, we, we, let's we, follow it with interest. We will, yeah, we'll certainly see where that goes. But it's, I, you know, it's of interest to see where the, uh, you know, where, where pressures are, are coming. Yep. And I think often that is led by the noise that comes through social media, uh, through podcasts, through, you know, online discussions. And so, you know, it's great that the conversations have led to this thing where, yep. where, where now, you know, it, it could well be on the, the agenda at that, um, you know, at a, at a uh, legal perspective. Now, on to another thing coming out of the US. Amazon are expanding their in-store pickup service, which is called Counter, uh, to a whole lot more stores. Now, this is, I think, interesting for us to look at because, of course, here in New Zealand, there you know, we, 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 we sit in a, a market where Amazon actually don't have their, their fingers in the pie from mm -hmm. an um, you know, online uh, transaction process or you know, perspective uh, to the same degree they do in the US. I think in the US they say something like 50% um, of online retail or e-tail purchases are going through Amazon, which is absolutely you yeah. know, phenomenal to have that level of, of dominance. Uh, but we're able to look at what Amazon and others are doing in the US market to inform and educate decisions in the New Zealand market. Mm -hmm. And of course, as a, as a Kiwi, I like to see our New Zealand firms innovating, learning from what's going on in other markets where appropriate, and innovating so that we, we you know we don't just give away all our uh, retail to uh, to a company that that operates from another part of the world as much you know as much yep. as we can I hope that we can uh, you know we can own these things here so I thought this was interesting when I look at um, the New Zealand market of course we've got supermarkets where you can go and pick stuff up we've got click and collects from Torpedo 7 and Warehouse mm -hmm. and a, you know, a, you know, a whole bunch of retailers actually uh, that offer that some of those actually charge you to go and pick it up because it might not originate and might not already be yep. in the store where yep. you want it and so lo logistically they're still working that stuff out and, and a lot of it gets passed on to the customer can you just backtrack a, a minute the amazon in the, sorry in the u.s mm. when you say collect in store you're not collecting from the amazon fulfillment centers no or, or so, so this would be going to yeah good that? good question so um 
They launched it, when did they launch it? Uh, I think um, oh, some some time back, I don't think um, too, ma- too many months back, where they had 100 plus, uh, I think they were chemists actually, uh, locations in the US where you could basically go and pick up your Amazon order from from those uh, retailers. So there's, so there's like a centralised ordering system that they then push out to retail partners to fulfil or something like that? Yeah, and and I mean, of course, Amazon have you know acquired a US supermarket. They do have some of their own yep. locations yep. where you can go in and, and pick up orders. They also have the little lock, uh, you know, locker type boxes, mm-hmm. some of which are at supermarkets and some of which are at, you know, Seven Elevens and um, you know convenience stores, gas stations. There's all sorts of locations. So yep. they're they're, I guess, just spreading out more and more. So mm. it becomes easier and easier for you to buy through Amazon. And then you know those goods are shipped th- from. Uh, they've got dozens, if not hundreds, now of fulfill- fulfillment centres uh, around the world that. Obviously, uh, ship the you know ship the goods, yep. and yeah, you know, sometimes those are going to be on the outskirts or you know, nearby the the town or the city you're in. So mm-hmm. it's you know can be very very quick, and yeah, you know, in some markets we you know and I tried this in San Francisco, yeah, you can place an order and they'll have it delivered to you within a couple of hours. It's unbelievable, no charge, yeah, no delivery yep. charge. Yep. It's 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 a little bit hard to get your head around, but. That helps put them in that position where they have, you know, they continue to have that dominance. Yeah. Now, how profitable that is, I think, has yeah, probably been, um, you know, is uh, very debatable. Uh, but you can you can see that they're making a long a long term uh, play. So mm. uh, yeah. Have you tried the, the the new warehouse, the market? Have you? Um, I've had a look, look at, at the new website, yeah, the market, which is it's owned by the warehouse group, yeah. isn't it? And yep. uh, it, it looks as though it's very, it, it's kind of a uh, conglomeration of what's on the varying website: Noel Leeming, the warehouse, mm. Torpedo Seven, and loads of other brands, and, and, and their well. store, and then and then a few other ones sort yep. of stacked in. I think, I mean, hundreds of other brands. Oh, I believe. Okay. I mean, I think it's, yeah, it looks interesting to me. Mm. I don't, mm. I don't know how it's. How it's doing, but um, you know, I think it's good on them for having a yeah a crack. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Um, so yeah, this. I mean, it's it's going to be interesting to see how it how it progresses. But we haven't sort of had that uh, dominance of Amazon here. Certainly, sure. you know, at this at this stage. And yes, they've opened up in Australia, but they don't seem to be particularly aggressive even in the Australian market so our, our New Zealand market has time to figure things out yep. and and develop before probably for, you know for, I don't know for how you know for how long uh, but it, but it looks as though Amazon are probably putting most of their focus into where the big money is yeah which is markets like the US uh, and but uh, you know you can imagine eventually Amazon or someone else of, of scale will be uh, will be putting a bit more emphasis onto our local market. Yeah, uh, and we've got Australian uh, you know companies as well uh, like Hogan who are you know working to uh, to sell into into the New Zealand market as yeah. well. Yeah, they. I wanted to buy some wireless buds for my daughter the other day. I thought I'd get her some cheap ones rather than going straight to the 
to the top of the range and to see if she can look after them and, yes, and so yes. on. And kind of, you know, just sort of let's, let's put, put it, put, give her some responsibility and found some Xiaomi ones for $35. Sounded good, but another $35 to be delivered. Yeah. <laughs> so, I, so I didn't go to Kogan or Dick Smith or yeah. whatever. And I went to yeah. Mighty Ape and got it slightly cheaper. Mm, More expensive mm. base price, but much cheaper delivery. Mm, mm. Anyway, that's my anecdote about why yeah. Buds. Well, my, and Mighty Ape are doing some, some, you know, some interesting things. Uh, you know, they, they probably don't have the sort of mind share as some of these other brands, but, you know, they keep working away at what they do. Yep. So, um, yep. yeah, it's good, good, good Mainly the headphones turned up and they're quite good. Mm. And, yeah, paid about 60 bucks overall and pretty impressed yeah yeah anyway um now i'm just looking at what we've what we've we've probably that's probably enough on those sort of big news topics uh, a few gadgets apple have announced their ear, the airpod um the airpods oh i've got to get the name right now the the pro version of their airpods so they call the airpod pro are they i or? think that i think they but yeah i think they are let me just um let me just double, double, double check. Um, and is, it, is it AirPods or AirPod? Yeah. AirPod, AirPod Pro, <laughs> AirPods Pros. It's, the, it's really hard. Yes, yeah. Um, and, yeah, looks like there's a few, a few. so they are called the AirPods Pro, and they launch on the 30th of October. So they, they look fairly similar but they've made a bunch of a bunch of changes so that they can do noise cancelling uh, and they can isolate the sound uh, in the ear a little bit so they are definitely different from the standard AirPods which uh, are I think two they the standard AirPods start at 279 into the New Zealand market so they now have I think three different um, AirPod products so they've got airpods without a wireless charging case airpods with a wireless charging case and then airpods pro which include the wireless charging uh, case fairly fairly similar sort of battery life with the airpods pro uh, uh, looks like maybe half an half an hour less uh, so 4.5 hours versus about five hours in the standard airpods mm-hmm. uh, but then they they recharge yeah you, know, you get up to 24 hours total battery life when you, you put them back put in them back the in case, case which, yeah. which 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 charges them uh, the case looks a little little bit bigger I haven't uh, seen them yet just saw the uh, communications through from Apple about them today. I've got to say that these smaller earbuds, where you can just carry them around in your pocket, are slightly a two-edged sword because you can lose them. Mm-hmm. But on the other perspective, you can just keep them in your pocket, and yep. they're and they're there available to you any time. And I find it it great. I'm wandering around a supermarket or a mall, or I can be doing anything any time, and I can catch a podcast audiobook whatever I want to listen to yep and yeah I wouldn't have probably you know tended to remember to carry you know headphones with me into into all of those locations but now I've got them with me all the time yep um, Samsung also have a good product here uh, so yeah depending on whether you're Android or, or iOS based I that, feel I feel that's a little bit simplistic Paul I I spent a lot of time just kind of hovering around this market. Yeah. And my wife got some of the Samsung ones yep. free, bundled in with her oh, nice. S10 or something. Yeah. And they're quite good. 
Um, they, they, they are good. And the AirPods are... They actually I, both will work across either as yeah, well. Yeah. So, um, I mean... But there are lots of good ones out there. So, yeah. I mean, I'm struck that... I mean, I follow this particular market with some interest because I mm. love the, my buds. Mm, I've got the mm. Jabra Elites. Mm. And a, but I got them about a year ago and the 65T, I think they are. And there's a new one coming out, the 75T, which yes. is going to be smaller and better. And, yeah, but yeah. I love mine. Yeah. And they were right at the top of a... Who at some lists I found mm, when mm. I was looking to buy a year ago, and now they're not even on most of the lists, you know, because you know it's just been a year and they've been totally superseded. And but it is interesting the functionality. You know, there's an audio element. Some of the um, Sennheiser and Cambridge Audio and some of the big audio guys are coming out with with really really good sounding ones and the noise mm. cancelling is a real thing but for others it's more functionality around calling and mobility and that kind of side of things. So. I don't know, and, and they can get quite expensive still, but you know, you hope as just becomes a more and more competitive market. Because Microsoft and Amazon have just released some as well, in the, within the last few weeks anyway, I believe. Yeah, um, we're certainly seeing seeing it heating up. And So I, um, I love all of these. Oppo sent through their new, the, called the Enco Q1, which is their wireless noise cancelling headphones. And these are... So they're not the, buds, these are, wi- these are kind they're of... They're wired buds. Wired, so yeah, back wired buds. To a, back to a, a thing that sort of sits around your neck. So they are wireless yeah. in terms of... Yeah, they don't no, connect no directly into to your, your phone. To it, yeah. um, so you, you charge them, the USB-C um, charging, but the, the battery piece and so on sits around your neck. And then you can, you know, you can let the earbuds sort of dangle when you're not, yeah. when you're not using them. They magnetically, uh, you know, sit sit together. Um, I need to spend a bit more time with these. I've only just arrived in the last few days, so I can't report back, you know, too much on the noise cancelling and mm-hmm. um, and the quality. But it does seem as though this is a space that's just gone from, you know, nothing in terms of uh, you know, these these wireless noise cancelling earbuds to now yeah we've yep. got a whole bunch of uh, a whole bunch of, of players and look I think Apple are in a very they're in a solid position I think they said that they're the you know the number one seller of um, this type of device mm-hmm. in, in the world now uh there will be people that want something different, though, on 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 the iPhone uh, side. I'm I'm sure, but they do seem to be uh, a very popular product for people with mm. um, you know with with an iOS device. Well, I think I, you know, I think they're in the 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 position where the because of the hardware, you know, you if you're an, an Apple owner, you're going to default. Yeah, that's going to be your starting point. You might decide not to go through and get the Air, AirPods or the AirPods Pro or whatever, yeah, yeah, you know, yeah. whichever app, whichever version you want. But that's going to be your starting point. Well, so I'm an Android user, and you know, but equally, I suppose uh, they didn't even enter into my my thinking. Really, I don't mm. like the little bit that protrudes, and yeah, I think yeah. that the design-wise, they're they're not they're not all that so others disagree mm, and mm. good luck to them but um, it, you know just the, the the fact that you half the market is is going to the, their starting point is going to be should I get the AirPods you know that's that puts them in a strong position yeah yeah um, I mean they, they've yeah they've just they've got this this huge dominance and uh it's it's a net easy sort of natural uh, sell alongside mm. a, an, an iPhone for mm. them, and look, I, yeah, I'm very very curious to um, to check out and just and see how, how how good they uh, how good they are. But it is worth having a look at what suits your overall needs, and it's not just a um, you know wireless uh, earbuds that will work with your phone 
you want to be looking at what's going to work with you know your broader lifestyle. So for me, I want something that's actually going to work at my desk. So yep. it's not you know I'm not having to have a big speakers blaring all the time when I want to listen to something. Uh, and and some of you know we've got some of the devices like from Jabra that will will you know connect via Bluetooth with you know with your smartphone, yep. but will also work with your computer and will work with your desk phone. Yeah. Uh, so you've got yeah you know, those those types of options, mm-hmm. but certainly being able to pair to multiple things like a laptop and, yeah. a, and a smartphone at a at a minimum is is you know the sort of thing that you want to have a have a good look at agreed agreed yeah. and Jabra are good at connectivity and um, you know the calling side of things mm. probably more than the audio I guess based on their sort of history and so on and there are others as I say like Sennheiser or someone who are coming out and they're really you know the audio files are saying that these are the first wireless buds that really are strong mm. uh, from an audio perspective so interesting uh, you'd, you'd hope that prices will continue to come down uh, become more accessible and just ever better maybe Fingers sometimes crossed. we're seeing prices going up right well, which uh, is, is is part of I guess as Apple's announcement today gives us a, a higher end product right yeah, yeah. So, there um, are some Technics headphones out there that are uh, over over the over the head but someone was from Panasonic was talking to me about them and mm. $700 or something but apparently they're absolutely you know amazing over-ear ones yeah, but I still yeah yeah, yeah 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 and I mean certainly if you and if you're going on a on a plane then you know it's pretty pretty normal to uh, uh, to carry something a little bit a little bit larger and I, I tend to but this now gives you that in-between option that yeah. will do uh, you know some uh, some no- noise cancelling and you know a little bit of mm. um, you know blocking out the outside sounds so um, yeah it's good. Now, on the uh, other thing on the gadget front, we've got here the Nokia uh, One Plus uh, handset that launched this month. That's come into the New Zealand market at one hundred and fifty nine dollars. Now, this one runs Android Go. It's got uh, eight gigs of storage, not RAM. Eight gigs of storage and one gig of RAM, so it's very much at the bottom end. And we, we talked, I think, recently about the was it the Nokia uh, one of the Nokia. Um, might have been the 2.2 and you know they're really extending out their um, or continuing to refresh a reasonably broad range of handsets Uh, but I I guess what I would say about these lower end handsets from uh, Nokia is just be cautious around what you're expecting to use it for uh, we put one into a test scenario to see how it would uh, go in terms of getting a getting a, a feel for reviewing the device, and I would say in most cases with these lower end phones, if they're going to get used by somebody that likes to run a bunch of apps and so on, they're at least going to need a, a micro SD card to expand the storage. Yeah, uh, but it might be that one of their lower cost phones just isn't isn't going to really you know cope for a lot of people so you know the um the nokia one plus is probably fine for people that aren't really going to be installing apps mm-hmm. but if you're taking a whole bunch of photos installing apps and so on then be be very cautious and if you if you weren't going to be installing apps why would you get that phone as opposed to say uh, a proper dumb phone well, the dumb phones are sort of disappearing, and the Nokia One Plus does include the a light version of uh, Google Maps, yep. light okay. version of Facebook, light yep. version of Facebook Messenger. So those sort of come 
virtually baked in. I mean, I've, in fact, I think Google Maps is some of the other ones you can, you know, mm-hmm. as you boot it up for the first time, it gives you a list of things to basically keep on your phone or it mm-hmm. says it'll install them. So maybe it, maybe it is pulling those down. Uh, but I, I noticed when firing it up for the first time, uh, the large majority, if not all of the things that were, uh, that were there, with the phone from the outset were then being refreshed with, with new versions um, through Google Play. Yep. And even if you hadn't actually signed up for a Google Play account, it was still refreshing those things, uh, the security updates coming down. So I guess the Nokia story is very much around keeping a, a device that keeps updated, gets security updates and gets um, operating system updates. Yeah, And so that that's really where they're playing. At the higher end this week, they're launching the Nokia 7.2, which comes with three cameras cameras, uh, including a 48 megapixel camera. I think that's landing at uh, around $550 into the into the New Zealand market. So that you know, sounds... that, that's that's one that's, that's yeah. probably getting a bit um, you know, more attractive to those who are looking for a mid-range phone, but they maybe are a bit weary of, of some of the other brands that, mm-hmm. that don't get the security updates and mm-hmm. are much less likely uh, to also get the operating system updates. So the story we're hearing from uh, Nokia now is I think three years of uh, of security updates and two years of operating system updates which is uh, you know it's can be quite impressive presuming yep. the, the, the specifications are enough to actually you know fit an update operating system update into them um, so those lower end ones are probably going to yeah. uh, str- struggle a little bit look I'm basically now uh, as of this morning I say my my life rule motto is if it doesn't have 108 megapixels of um, camera then I'm not interested <laughs> uh, and why 108 megapixels well I, read, well, well I read something this morning <laughs> Xiaomi I think is it have come yeah, out, come out. Yeah. they've come into my life a bit with with my daughter's earbuds and now this article this morning 108 megapixels of camera yes That's, well um, do you, do you, did you read that do you know much about this this is the Samsung sensor right um, of course Samsung being one of our one of our show uh, um, partners um, but yeah I noticed yeah, apparently it's it's likely to be a Samsung uh, sensor but uh, yeah it's it just seems nuts to me that you can now get a, a camera sensor to squeeze into a smartphone that's 108 megapixels I, I would be surprised that the optics and yeah the, yeah, the lens could uh, yeah really deliver uh, a quality enough image that it would be worth taking a 100 megapixel image but uh, these things will develop and we do see things bouncing around you know we've just talked about the the Nokia with a 48 megapixel uh, you know camera um, whereas others in the market are often doing them with with much lower megapixel it did seem as though maybe that sort of game for for megapixels had uh, had disappeared but but it hasn't, and it certainly seems to to attract some attention. Yeah, um, it'd be quite fun if we had a hundred and eight megapixel uh, video camera, <laughs> um, but you would need a mighty powerful process wow. to uh, uh, to deal with uh, with that that sort of uh, resolution. What would that be? Yeah. Something like a well, actually, I wonder what um, yeah, what is it? What what resolution actually is eight K eight K video? Because for yeah, um, no, it wouldn't wouldn't be a hundred. It wouldn't be uh, wouldn't be that high. But um, 
Yeah, don't know. My maths isn't quite up to mm. it. I'm afraid. But uh, um, okay, yes. now uh, that so that's it. Sort of on the gadget front. Other than we talked last week about new Microsoft Surface products, and I today I'm using the new Microsoft Surface Laptop Three. Uh, this is a consumer model that comes uh, with an AMD uh, Ryzen uh, chip in it, and it's. Got to say, it's a really nice-looking laptop. They've across, they've got rid of the uh, Alcantara sort of fabric that um, that was present on all of the uh, Surface laptops in the past. Not the Surface Book or the Surface Pro, although the Surface Pro uses, I think, Alcantara on the uh, the keyboard. Um, and I think there is probably still an option for Alcantara on one variation of it from what I saw but there's now a 13 inch and a 15 inch screen option uh, and from my my first first go with it um, very very nice there are a number of colors the one I'm using now is black there's there's a more sort of gray silver one that looks very uh, MacBook-esque shall we say um, the the big change that makes these products I think much more interesting is that in addition to the Surface uh, connector on the side, they've got USB C, yep. which uh, you know just means that they can they can dock and work with so many other chargers and devices. And uh, yeah, I think it's 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 good to see that Microsoft have have really you know, caught up from uh, from that perspective. Um, quite minimal in terms of um, in terms of other ports. But um, yeah, could well yeah probably actually couldn't be much worse on the ports front with the laptop. To be fair, it does have a, um, a headphone adapter, USB C, USB A, and then uh, on the other side you've got the Surface uh, connector. So there there is nowhere to plug your micro SD or your your SD uh, card. Uh, no and, HDMI. and and uh, yeah, your HDMI has to come over USB C, so you, yeah. you need to you go need with the dongles, dongles, sort of things, yeah. a little bit, a little bit Apple esque. But on the flip side, probably the very large majority of the time for a lot of users, this yep. is actually all you need, and it's exactly what you need. And it looks looks great. It does. It looks very nice. Um, my angle. Also, their design, their design, their design is now such that there are some screws under the little feet at the bottom of it, and um, you aren't encouraged to rip these things apart. But apparently, technically, it is possible to remove the SSD storage out of them. So, scenario where a machine needs to go back for a warranty repair. Uh, in theory, you can take your storage if you've got something very important on it and and uh, and get that back. What I've yet to hear, uh, and I'm sure somebody will be talking about this online, I will try and find out, uh, is whether you potentially could... Um, Swap out the storage in some of these uh, some of these devices, mm-hmm. and on the new Surface Pro X coming out next month, and and that's the uh, ARM chip uh, based Surface Pro, this sleek new style uh, that actually has um, it's user accessible, so you can open that up and actually get to the SSD storage and potentially yeah, swap that out. So that will be um, that'll be interesting for people that sort of maybe like that product but don't want to spend four thousand dollars on one with a with a big SSD. Mm. Um, and then you know, 
possibly one or two people would be uh, modding that themselves. So we we will see. Um, also got the Surface Pro uh, Seven here as well. Um, yeah, very very similar to the Surface Pro Six in terms of look. Uh, there there is a USB C now as well, which replaces the. Um, um, the display mini display port connector that was there previously interesting so go online and so on if you want to have a look at the uh, the, the prices um, on on those now time to talk a little bit about media patty now you've told us a little bit about what's going on at uh, at at stuff mm-hmm. with your content your mm-hmm. video video content remind mm-hmm. me what that's called again. so it's called play stuff play stuff uh, accessible via stuff.co.nz or playstuff.co.nz directly uh, you so have apps coming so there are mobile apps or ios and android apps are there shortly launching on the vodafone tv box which is great have you talked much about the vodafone tv box a, a, a little um, bit yeah probably on a couple of different episodes yep. it's, a, it's a very nice little not very nice it, little box it really is good uh, so at the moment we have a, we have a, a sort of a placeholder app on there um the box launched a bit too early for us in the sense that play stuff only launched a couple of months ago so uh we will be launching on on the vodafone tv box in a few weeks great which would be great uh, so that'll be our first big screen um so that is exciting and then we'll see where to from there the, the interesting thing is i think we try to approach it with a just with a sort of start to, from a differentiated product in mind i suppose so you know there's no user generated content it's we we've partnered up with a load of uh, really interesting content providers and partners so you know global brands like red bull and vice and things like that we've got content from them we've got local partnerships with new zealand on screen uh and a whole bunch of other things matt news from maori tv and from other local providers as well as stuff zone news videos of course and then global brands as well brands like the guardian uh reuters press association you know good stuff for so you know good, really good sort of um continuous ongoing stream rolling coverage i guess of of local and international news and sports news uh getting getting some interesting things there um and into entertainment kiwi music videos we're really working with new zealand on air to to give them a good push which i think is, right. is great to be able to do um so we're trying to cover a lot of different verticals we've got documentary stuff circuit stuff zone investigative team they did a really great documentary recently i don't know if you saw that one infinite evil it's called about hate hate speech and so on on the internet which is great um so again a lot of our own videos and then you know supplementing those with uh with interesting content from global and local partners yeah yeah. um so we'll see about ten thousand videos up there at the moment so a lot uh and and we'll see we know we'll see what the future holds having lots of interesting conversations with you know to branch off into other directions we've got bravo content as well by the way i should have mentioned so all the sort of celebrity gossip and celebrity news that you oh, you know I, I know that you're fantastic, you're all over that paul so um you know <laughs> I'll be, i'm installing the app as, as, as we speak um let, let, let's get let's get that in there there we go so uh, look a load of great stuff um and the key thing is it's free um it might bring us neatly onto uh you know a wider discussion about about video streaming generally at the moment because um you know i I think our our strategy uh in devising a a service with with ads so ad funded and not taking any of your money is that um it's going to get increasingly hard to play in the subscription space in my in my view um so if you want to just sort of uh, happy for us to move on to talk about developments that are upcoming apple tv plus is launching this week yes um 
very, I think you know we've talked we we've talked about Apple before the level of dominance they have sort of means that this is going to slide into a lot of homes doesn't it well, and and they've got the funds to deliver some impressive content so they are offering I think uh, you get a year of it free with valid purchases so I don't know exactly which ones but a phone and an iPad or a you know your 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 whatever other Apple devices you're, you're getting a MacBook and so yeah on. yeah so a year so of it free that gives them a whole lot of customers that as well right anybody buying a buying a device right now yep. has a good chance that and they're going to get access to it I read two hundred million free trial subscriptions generated by you know just because of their hardware uh, which is. Amazing. That's a one-year trial, and, and of course, anybody else, I'm sure, will be able to jump on board with absolutely. a trial as well. So, and then you've got uh, Disney coming in alongside. They've yep. got their service launching at nine dollars ninety-nine in New Zealand That's as right. well. Yep. So, both well, ninety-nine dollars, I think, for the year. Right. Um, yep. The interesting piece is is to think about how many subscriptions you know you're actually going to be able to. To, to, to take or how many what's the what's the number we're going to stack them up Paddy no but look it's I mean it's 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 great in one sense it's great that you know all of this content's going to be there and available and so on but actually you know there's a fragmentation of the market going on and content that might have been available uh, in one or two different places is now going to be split up so Netflix have lost friends going forwards and they've lost The Office and they've lost The West Wing and some some of its big sort of evergreen shows gone HBO Max that isn't even here yet I don't know exactly what the deal is for New Zealand you know these stories come out of America and they're focused on the US market and I don't know exactly what the position will be down here in terms of rights which are territorial and quite complicated at times so what, but, what's your uh, what's your gut feel on how this will will land in the next few years ahead you know we've got the likes of uh, Apple TV Plus who are trying to be a bit of a conduit so you'll yep. be able to add those other services in we've seen Amazon doing you know, similar things in the US market um, there does seem to be there's an aspect of, of simplicity if you've got one portal to go through for all your content but we've seen variations on that for for quite a number you know a number of years mm-hmm. you know, Xbox I don't know how many years ago they had that you, you know you could search for a bit of content and it would you know it would say well it's available on the streaming service yeah, or it's available pay per right. view this yep. way or that way yep. and you just find what you want and, and, it, and it would take you to the content quite you know quite easily Uh I mean, is what Apple is what Apple is doing? Is it is it groundbreaking? Is it is it where we expect sort of the market to swing to over the next few years? Yeah, I don't think it's groundbreaking. I'm. I guess there, there are sort of pros and cons that you can you can look at every service. And the first thing is we have an experience that certainly Apple and Disney and it. Going into next year, HBO Max. I don't even know if it's coming to New Zealand for sure. Sky have got a very good relationship with HBO, and I don't know quite what how things end up looking there. But Comcast, so that's Universal, have got is it Peacock? I think it's called, and and there are others. Mm. So you know, an awful lot of things. And the new and, the, and that's without even talking about sport, which that's we right. can leave and off so, the table today. That's right. So we can leave it today. Um, <laughs> but I mean, the point is, how many subscriptions are you going to? Are you going to be able to have? So, I mean, going through them just just quickly, Apple TV Plus. I think it'll, you know, a bit like Apple Music. It, you know, it's got a, it's it's already installed on all of your devices, um, and all. Uh, I'm a bit concerned about the lack of volume. So I think that um, you know some of the skill in in these VOD services is is about sort of drip feeding the content and so on, so that you always feel it's fresh and this week or this yes, month you've got yes. this or that series and so on. 
but I'm not seeing a huge amount of uh, I don't believe that they've acquired a huge amount of content so you know they're going down more of the original route which again strategically makes sense you're saying well only on Apple will you be able to watch Jennifer Aniston and Reese Witherspoon in this series his name I've forgotten um, but I as I say I don't know question marks over their scale I think the scale of the service Disney Plus uh well, unbelievably well-established brand, the best brand, you know, Disney, Marvel, uh, you know, and beyond, Star Wars and so on. So that's amazing. Some Fox properties, I think they can probably sneak in there as well. But there are definitely some omissions from what the media said. You know, there'll be no Avatar and no quite a few of the movies, the other movies will be missing. Presumably that either there are rights complications and they'll over time uh, become available back to Disney or or else they'll be sort of drip feeding as well. Yeah, or limited to pay-per-view because they're considered well, as being it. sort of yep. very exclusive yep. content. Yep. Uh, this, I think, I mean, I think when you, when you look at, let, let's look at Disney for instance, mm-hmm. you can imagine that Disney would have... I mean, they would have appreciated Netflix coming along in the in the early days because that you know you could mm-hmm. uh, watch your Disney content through Netflix for a period, couldn't you? Mm-hmm. And yeah, they would have generated you know X amount of royalties and so on. But by having their own offering, this has got to deliver a bigger return to Disney and therefore to the movie makers and therefore actually will put more money back into these films and more money for production, right? That's that's how it should should land if they've done then crunch their numbers right and we don't all just get upset at the the reality of there being way too many things to yeah. subscribe yeah. to. Yeah, and, I and that, that's, that's right. part that's partly the unknown. N- you know, not that when you look at the, the Netflixes and so on in this world they're necessarily making uh, huge amounts of money well, because I, look, honestly, you know, that, 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 that actually hasn't been the case. I right? was talking to someone the other day, I'm worried about Netflix. Mm. I'm I'm not the only one who's worried about Netflix and but I, and you know, I mean, they've got twelve billion dollars of debt or something, something that feels just like it's totally out of control. Fifteen billion dollars a year they're spending on content. A lot of duds are among their Netflix originals, which is a strategy that they they've almost they started with, you know, House of Cards and Orange is a New Black and so on. And yes. it's a, it's a good strategy in principle, but you can't be assured of you know winners every time. And I just think it's it's incredibly hard. And I, you think about. Uh, you know, Netflix has. I know it has a d- DVD service that I can only imagine won't last forever. But broadly, as a standalone streamer, as opposed to these other services, uh, and I know that ultimately that's the direction we're going, where everything will be delivered over the internet and all the rest of it. But for now, you know, if you've got a vast cable network or something else that can kind of prop prop you up, I think that's massively advantageous. And I think that, and at that stage, you're saying, well, monetizing this content via streaming, it's not quite just sort of, you know, incremental in the sense that they'd look to monetize it uh, with other services if they weren't doing it themselves. But it's, I don't know, I worry about Netflix. How can you control that amount of debt and the need to keep spending? And, you know, investors get things wrong, private uh, well, private investors get things wrong. Wall Street gets things wrong. You know, WeWork is an example of, of the last few weeks that we've been watching sort of unravel. You yeah, know, we're, I, we're, we're certainly seeing the disruptors themselves get disrupted, aren't yeah, we? Where, yeah, that's right. Where they haven't quite got it, necessarily got it all right. Or the thing that has been their advantage ha- has really shrunk. And, you know, Netflix had their first mover advantage, yeah. but 
yeah, we're, we're, we're seeing, look, anybody can now launch their own app and yep. can, you know, hold their content uh, back and, and control it themselves. So uh, it's going to be uh, fascinating to see how it actually, how it actually lands. And I, I, I don't think anybody would, you know, or very few people would, uh, you know, successfully be able to predict, you know, where, where we land up, especially if you look you know, say one or two decades out in terms That's of how sure. this whole thing's going but to I mean, uh, going going to land. I think yeah, I think in New Zealand you're saying your starting point is am I spending fifty bucks a month or more on Sky? And if I am, maybe I'll top up with one or two services. If you don't get Sky, and it obviously it depends on your personal situation, but potentially you might be in the market for more services. Sure. You know, you layer on a, a, a sports service and then how many entertainment ones? I mean uh, we're we're talking about Apple, I mean you know, huge brand, Disney, huge brand, Netflix, dominant and well-established, HBO, amazing brand, uh, Comcast, Universal, uh, great brand, you know, with friends and mm, whatever. Mm, mm. Um, you're not going to get them all, probably. I mean, no. maybe you're just judiciously well, it depends, and it depends on month, Yeah, it depends know? on how, how big your family is, is, what your personal financial situation sure. is, and so on. And and then and then there's all the all the free to air, um, yep. you know, type uh, ad ad supported uh, content as well. So and it moves you into uh, questions about hardware as well and you know who's going to be the best at getting all the apps onto their big screen or their console or whatever it is and bundling questions as well you know which service providers of any service are going to bundle in a free subscription to this they spend this amount of money and get that or I mean there are all sorts of things and it's pretty interesting. The the one it's a nightmare, Patty. I know it's a nightmare. Know, it's just it's just too much. It's and quite fun all the same. And time, now you were telling me that Netflix have got an option to play back your oh, co- controversial content yeah, this is at pace now yeah. I was thinking Daily about trialing. this exact thing just in the last few days and yeah. I can't remember I'm trying to remember place what the content was that I wanted to oh, actually no it wasn't it wasn't Netflix type content but I think I have certainly considered that in the past uh, I was using a non-traditional podcast app uh, actually in the Tesla and I right. was thinking I would like that to go a little bit faster um, but it, did, it didn't didn't give me the option um, but I have certainly considered that in the past there are times when you would like to be able to especially a, a series that you're mm-hmm. trying to get through and you're thinking, well, I can speed up YouTube, I can speed up my podcasts and my audio books. Why can't I just sort of edge this forward maybe yeah, maybe 5 or 10%, just just a small bit so I can uh, I can get through a little bit more content. But, so uh, I hate the idea of it, but I... I think I don't think it's up to me. I think I think you're going to have a real friction here. So first thing is to say, right at the moment, I believe it's just a s- small selection of Android users. No one else has got this, but on, right. it's a feature on Netflix that allows you to play it. I think up to twice the speed or one and a half times the speed, and also to slow it down. Um, and uh, the, the piece I read was saying that you know all the all the big uh, directors and. Uh, the, all the Hollywood people who have a loud voice and who uh, also have any kind of relationship with Netflix are up in arms and saying that this is, you know, you're actually, you Netflix are taking control of our art in a way that is uh, you know, deeply offensive to them and uh, it shouldn't shouldn't be allowed. And, uh, and, like and you, I, get, I, get that, I get that aspect. I do. I, <laughs> yeah. I, I get that. But knowing Paul Spain comes along a lot and of says, creators. And says, great, uh, I, I wanted to go faster. 
uh, and why why should why shouldn't you be able to make it go faster it's pretty interesting so uh, we'll see what happens I don't know whether Netflix will cave because ultimately it's reliant on those create those big creators so you know there was the the guy who directed The Incredibles and uh, I can't remember there was another couple of guys a uh, couple of directors I've forgotten who it was but they were up and absolutely saying this is just the worst thing ever uh, which probably is a little bit uh, of an overstatement but to them and with their art or you know their output uh, you can see that they might want it only uh, it's bad enough I suppose that these things often don't get uh, you know by going straight to Netflix don't get the theatrical run that some of them would like big screen and all the rest of it so pretty interesting yeah I, way, I think I think the creators should be able to say no right so yeah. if you've created a bit of content yeah. it's like no this must be consumed in the normal manner yeah they should be able to say no, and yeah. then they can live with the consequences if it gets consumed less. Yeah. Then they might decide, well, okay, I, I can cope with losing a, you know, a half a percent or a, probably even a smaller fraction than that. That might not consume it because they didn't have time. You know, they had a flight or a commute or a whatever. Yeah. And that wasn't going to quite squeeze in, and they wouldn't allow the person to just you know squeeze up the content. So they they missed out on that consumption and whatever that might have generated. Uh, so there should be that option. This is my my, my mm-hmm. thinking anyway. Mm-hmm. And then on the consumer side, yeah, give it to the, give the the for then the consumers can choose for the content they're they're allowed to. Um, and and see what happens. I, I mean, my gut feel would be. There probably wouldn't be heavy use of it, but I don't think uh, so. let's let's see. I, I, yeah. I think me. I mean, most people today will be listening to this podcast at normal speed. Whereas yeah. if I was listening to it personally, I'd be speeding it up to somewhere between one point three and one point five times. But with so no, that with I no get, pitch adjustments, so I, your voice doesn't sound funny. Oh yeah, it automatically <laughs> does that. And and actually, I must say, if uh, if I haven't mentioned this on the show uh, before, that my favourite podcast app, Pocket Casts, is now free on both iOS and Android. It used to be about eight dollars New Zealand, right? Uh, eight, around that figure. Yeah. And uh, under the new ownership, they've changed how it's priced, and the core product is now free. There is a web version uh, that you have to pay for mm-hmm. if you weren't if you hadn't paid for it before. Yeah. Um, but yeah. Great. Thoroughly recommended, yeah, and nice. in terms of being able to speed up, you can do that Game in point one, you know, in, yeah. increments. So you know, one point one, one point two, yeah, whatever yeah, yeah. you, whatever you like, as well as cutting out some of those uh, silences yeah. just to save you a bit of time. So for someone that wants to get through a, a bit of content, bit then of content, there we go. There, there, there are some advantages, and uh, we we seem to be busy people these days. Yeah. So very helpful. Um, a, a final piece on just on video streaming for a minute. Do you know about Quibi? I think I don't even know how to pronounce it. Quibi, I think. What is Quibi? Quibi is Jeffrey Katzenberg. Do you know, so Disney exec and Paramount and so on, uh, and it's all short form mobile. Mobile. It's, go, it's coming next oh, year. Oh, this does ring a bell. He's raised yes. billions, not millions, billions of dollars. The interesting piece is apparently, I gather, it's all going to be, I think, original content. And the interesting piece is they're filming for portrait and landscape. So they're oh, filming cool twice, and he's saying we're, there's a whole new generation of viewing that is coming our way uh, that is all going to be short-form mobile, and it needs to be embraced. And, uh, yeah, you know, huge Hollywood people involved and you know when you've raised billions of dollars I guess you go to Hollywood and get or get Steven Soderbergh to direct your five minute 
webisode they might not be called webisodes but whatever yeah. they'd be called yeah. episodes uh, but the point is you can switch your phone and you, you're in landscape mode and you switch and, or things like that I don't know exactly I mean there's never been anything like it yeah there's such and, a big difference between portrait and landscape yeah. that, that, that's and another it sounds it, I mean vertical video big. is a bit of a thing these days and yeah. you know with Instagram TV and Facebook and these things that are happening you know video seems to be more vertical now on mobile devices or sort of increasingly more than than pr than previously and as against the sort of traditional letterbox or landscape or whatever yeah, but yeah uh it's really interesting so quibi i don't know global what's globally what's happening i think again it's coming next year billions of dollars behind it i tell you one thing i think we can say is that i don't see how these these guys can all succeed so yeah. you know i don't know what's going to happen and you throw in you know netflix you know notwithstanding the you know slightly uh, alarming financial position it's still at the top of its game uh, Amazon you know really good service and then local players I don't know that they can all succeed well so I imagine I imagine maybe we will see it combine a little bit in the years ahead with mm -hmm. some mergers and, and bits mm -hmm. and pieces but um time will tell interesting stuff so anyway and all of that is to say when uh, you know when when we were coming up with play stuff in uh, stuff hq a while ago it was against this backdrop of everyone demanding your money that i said probably going to run with uh, an ad, ad funded model here and be the guys who uh, will offer you some some free video cool and a little pre-roll you know six second little bumper ad or something yeah you can get through that in no time and then yeah no if you, i mean if you keep those short that's good yeah what does my head in is being forced to watch two minutes worth of ads before well, youtube's now piling some, up some, more and some more content I'm uh, yeah so the, there's a bit of a a bit of an equation there, there or, is. or give people a, a, a low-cost subscription option to get rid, get of, the rid ads. of the ads yeah all right well i think that's us for this episode we have had a great chat patty always cool to catch up thanks uh, paul and we never fail to find lots of lots of things to discuss and go completely over our um, estimated uh, <laughs> time window. But Are you it's, saying I it's, talk too much? It's been great, Patty. I yep. would never. I would. Yes, you wouldn't uh, be the no, first. No. You wouldn't be the first. <laughs> um, no, it was great. And look, before we finish, I want to send a, a huge appreciation out uh, to the brands that stand behind the New Zealand Tech Podcast and uh, helping us move the show forward. Samsung, Sumo Logic, Vocus, Spark, Vodafone, and HP. So a huge thank you to them for supporting not only the New Zealand Tech Podcast, but supporting innovation and the tech community here in New Zealand. And you know, it's it's the, these are the companies that are um, that are that are really you know standing behind the tech community. So it's um, it's fantastic. Good on them. All right, well, that's us for this week. Now, um, Paddy, anything you want to share in terms of where people find uh, find your content? You've probably already mentioned it, haven't We've you? We mentioned it, playstuff.co.nz for mm. our uh, new video service or video des destination. And I'm at Paddy Buckley on Twitter. Probably be the only place to hear... You know, hear my dad jokes and things like that. Awesome. Yeah. Awesome. That's so great. Uh, and uh, people can now follow the New Zealand Tech Podcast on LinkedIn. So find us, go search for NZ Tech Podcast there and you'll track us down. And, of course, we do have videos of each of A bunch of episodes uh, now are on Facebook. Great. So that's us for this week. Thanks, everybody, for tuning in. We'll catch you again on the next episode next week. See ya. The New Zealand Tech Podcast, brought to you by Gorilla Technology, proactive and strategic IT.